This is Eat, You'll Feel Better, a podcast about the food mood connection. I'm food journalist, Mary Beth Albright, and I'm also your host. And today is episode six, and we're looking back on 2023 for the year's biggest food news that touches on things that affect how we eat. Um, And people always say this with year-end lists, like, oh, this was a huge year, and oh my gosh, 2023, am I right? But um, but this year actually was a huge year for food news um, that will influence how we eat and what we eat in the future. And so let's get to it. There's 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 a few different categories of food news that we can talk about today. And the first one is laws and lawsuits that hold the food industry accountable, or that say that they're holding the food industry accountable. Um, in ways that really mirror what was happening with the tobacco industry in the late 1990s. Um, see, the 1990s are back everywhere, uh, including in this kind of, this kind of activist legislation. And, um, it, a few episodes ago, we talked about ultra processed food and the growing concern that ultra processed food has a real specific kind of detrimental effect on health, including mental health, um, but on many aspects of health. And we don't know why. There, there's an absolute link. We know that um, between ultra processed foods specifically and adverse health effects. And it's not just like sugar, fat, and salt and adverse health effects. It's like it's ultra processed foods. And we don't know why. We don't know. Is it something that happens in the processing um, that the, that when you process things in mass quantities and use high heat, maybe they break down, maybe the ingredients change. We don't know why, but the link is there. So um, for example, the Food and Drug Administration in the United States has proposed banning something called BVO, which is brominated vegetable oil. And this is an ingredient that's been around for a hundred years, came around in the industrial revolution uh, when everything was being processed and revolutionized industrially uh, around the world, this is one of those ingredients that is an industrial ingredient that nobody had used in their home kitchens before. And now it's still used in things like sports drinks, um, really just to keep things together. Otherwise, you would have the flavor float to the top and you would have to shake it constantly and it wouldn't look as good as the shelf on the shelf. It wouldn't taste as good. Um, without shaking it vigorously. So, but the FDA now, this has been around for a hundred years, generally regarded as safe. And the FDA is saying, you know what? This ingredient might not be safe for human consumption. And so that's just like the, the harbinger, the thing that is coming up now that probably is going to reflect uh, what regulations are happening with ingredients, um, in the future. Another example is New York state has sued PepsiCo for public health damage that comes from plastic that is produced in many things that PepsiCo sells, um, you know, bottled water, wrappers on things, that kind of thing. And the idea is behind this lawsuit is that if a company is profiting from all of this plastic production, then they should have to pay for the cleanup also. Um, So in New York state, they're saying that it's creating all this plastic is creating a public nuisance. It's interfering 
with the basic right to clean water because there's so much plastic in the water. Um, so again, it's like this this uh, this use of the law and lawsuits um, to to create a food system that is closer to what some people feel is going to be a healthy food system. In Colombia, the country, um, they passed the first ever junk food tax of 10%. We talked about that a few episodes ago. And it, and that junk food tax is going to rise to 20% by 2025. Colombia already had warning labels on foods with high added sugar and high added high saturated fats. So this idea that ultra processed foods needs to be regulated and looked at and really carefully considered is a big one. And it's, it's also enhanced by back in the fall, a 14 year old boy died of an acute stroke after, after eating the one chip challenge. Um, the one chip challenge is a, is a sold as one tortilla chip, um, and uh, it, it's coated with Carolina Reaper pepper dust, which is 400 times hotter than jalapenos. And a lot of people are doing it on TikTok, like, oh, eat the one chip challenge. Can you keep it down without like vomiting it up and having it a severe reaction? And this 14-year-old actually had a stroke after he ate it and died. And all of those chips were pulled from the shelves. So we're looking at this new world of food regulation that might make everything a lot more transparent when you're at the grocery store and staring at shelves and you're not sure what to buy, what's good for you, what's not, that kind of thing. So the second big category of food news that is affecting the food mood connection is food and climate change. Now, the food system's impact on climate change was never addressed before specifically at the climate summit, the, the worldwide climate summit. And this year just happened last month in Dubai, or it happened this month in December. Um, and big agriculture has generally been excluded from those discussions, those climate change discussions um, at these meetings. But this year, for the first time, they brought it on as a specific thing to look at. And 134 countries signed a declaration about sustainable agriculture, right? It, it doesn't, it doesn't bind anyone to anything. It's a sort of like a declaration on how um, it, important it is to adapt food and agriculture to climate change and to controlling climate change. And what's interesting about it too, is that at the climate change summit, they serve mostly vegetarian and vegan food. Um, and that's the first time that's happened too. So just an interesting thing to keep an eye on. And you might remember um, a few months before that, New York State banned gas stoves, natural gas stoves. Um, and a lot of that goes back to also the idea that there's environmental damage. Natural gas is a fossil fuel. And so... Um, it's just that kind of uh, awareness about how many facets of food and cooking are affecting climate change. It's happened before. Now it's really reaching a, a critical mass. And I think you're going to see a lot more of it in 2024.
The third group of food news that affects the food mood connection is about plant-based foods. Now, we've been hearing about this, obviously, for probably a decade now, at least, about the rise of plant-based foods. There were two things that happened in 2023 that I think is are, are really going to affect the future of plant-based foods. One of them is that Hershey's started creating plant-based chocolate bars. And you might be thinking to yourself, like, what is a plant-based? I mean, I thought they were plant-based. And they are, except for, of course, usually the dairy milk, that it's usually a, a, a cow's milk, some sort of dairy in the chocolate. And they're making now, right now, it's just two products. It's a Hershey bar and Reese's peanut butter cup made with, um, I think it's oat milk. Uh, it's a plant-based milk. Um, so they really could call it a vegan chocolate bar, right? Or a vegan Reese's peanut butter cup, but they don't. They call it plant-based because that's sort of like the catchphrase that everyone's looking for. And so um, the interesting thing to me about it, a lot of people are doing plant-based, but the interesting thing is that Hershey has incredible buying power. They buy a lot of ingredients from all over the world to create the many uh, products that Hershey's creates. And so anytime you're transferring any of that um, milk buying, dairy milk buying to um, a plant-based milk purchase, um, it's going to have an effect. It's going to have an effect on the market. It's going to have effect on people's tastes. It's going to have effect on other com companies and what those companies buy. So really keeping an eye on Hershey's making that commitment that it's it has these nationwide and international products that are now entirely plant-based chocolate. At the same time, you have Italy banning cultivated meat. It's also known as lab-grown meat, right? Um, lab-grown meat is different from uh, is different from other plant-based meats that you see because lab-grown meat actually takes animal cells and reproduces them, usually in like a big stainless steel um, vat, reproduces those animal cells um, to create something that is like, for example, chicken. Um, without killing an animal. It can take an animal cell and just reproduce it. So it's this lab-grown meat, cultivated meat, cell-based meat is what some people call it. And Italy has banned lab-grown meat now. Uh, they say it's in defense of, the, of Italian tradition. And it has no practical effect whatsoever because lab-grown meat is not for sale in Italy anyway right now. I mean, it's very much in its infancy. Um, but it shows a bubbling cultural divide and something that we'll be talking about a lot in 2024, and I think for decades to come, about who gets quote unquote real meat, who gets quote unquote fake meat. You know, what are the what does it do to prices? What does it do to availability? Um but one interesting part of this is Jose Andres, uh, a chef here in Washington, D.C., but also internationally known for his humanitarian work, um, just started using uh, lab-grown meat in one of his restaurants here in Washington, D.C. And so who is adopting it? Who is adapting to it? You know, who's an early adopter versus an early adapter? 
Um, many times I, I'm an early adopter of things, but not necessarily an early adapter. I start using them, but you know, it takes me a while to adapt to it. So that, that sort of plant-based idea is both growing in popularity and facing some fears about how it might interfere with food traditions internationally. The fourth group of food news from 2023 that is really uh, touching on the food mood connection is the fast food industry. Now, I am, I am including many things in fast food. I am including um, fast coffee places. I'm including places that, you know, you go through like a Chipotle, right? Where it's, it's ingredients that were prepared right there and then it's put into a bowl. I'm including McDonald's, all of those different places. In the past four years, generally, basically since COVID, right? In the past four years, prices at fast food restaurants are up 30%. That is enormous considering that many wages are stagnant. And so many people get their get their meals every day from fast food. I forget what the what the the statistic is, but it's it's a it's a surprising statistic how many people get how many meals every day from fast food restaurants, which makes sense. It's sometimes inexpensive. It's always usually convenient. Um, so those the raising in prices is a is a really big story. And alongside that, in California, California raised the minimum wage for fast food workers to $20 an hour. That happened back in September and created a special fast food labor council to deal with labor conditions in fast food restaurants in California. These are huge deals um, because you're getting, at the same time that you're having these prices rise, food costs, uh, you're, you're also having the increase of labor costs. And no matter what, that means an increase in prices eventually. And so I think we're going to see even more fast food prices rising. And as I said, that includes, you know, places that we think about as um, places with wholesome ingredients, uh, things that are cooked on site, things that are not processed or not ultra processed foods. Um, and food consumption, even at fast food restaurants is changing, particularly because of Ozempic, the injectable weight loss drug. It's also an injectable diabetes drug, but a lot of people use it for weight loss. Um, that places like, for example, Chipotle have put it into their business plan for 2024, that they expect the people are going to be eating maybe a little bit less, but looking way more for things that are wholesome ingredients because are thought of as wholesome ingredients. Because a lot of times if you eat excessive fat uh, on um, these weight loss injectables, it can, it can cause nausea uh, and other complications. So fast food companies see the writing on the wall and they're leaning into that. Um, and of course, unionization. Uh, so many fast food places unionized this year. Howard Schultz, actually, the, the 
founder and sometimes CEO of Starbucks, had to step down um, in response to the union activity at Starbucks. So, so we're definitely seeing fast food showing us signs of social dynamics that are at play in the world that is really going to affect how we eat in years to come. And the final, the fifth category of food news from 2023 that affects the food mood connection is artificial intelligence in food. And we don't even know, this is at its very infancy, um, how it's going to affect us that now artificial intelligence is writing recipes. Artificial intelligence can critique a recipe. There's even an app that small restaurants can use to create images of their food to put on a picture menu without the artificial intelligence having any idea what their food actually looks like. That the pictures that you see when you go to, you know, DoorDash or any other kind of food delivery, Uber Eats, that you see a picture of the food, that that could be a picture of the food or that could be an AI generated photo. And we all have heard the phrase, you eat first with your eyes. There is a lot of research that when there's a picture of the food next to something, when you're ordering a mobile order, that you're more likely to order it. So that's going to be really interesting. The increasing dissonance that is caused by artificial intelligence between what we expect and what we actually get. And, you know, I left out my favorite food story of the year, which is Aldi, the uh, grocery supermarket chain, um, put out spring-themed marshmallows this year, and it became a viral photo that someone posted that some of those marshmallows didn't look like ducks at all. They looked like something else. If you're wondering what I'm talking about, Google it, and you'll see. One of my favorite food stories this year, and good for Aldi. They sort of leaned into it. And they're like, oh, yeah, we can see that. So it uh, became a little bit of a social media fun thing between everyone. So this week, one small thing that you can do for yourself to improve your mood through food is make yourself a very simple soup. I need some soup after some of that news, right? And warm food can really have a positive effect on your mood. Um, a lot of people think it's because when uh, the molecules in food get hot, um, they're much more active. And so the smell is greater. And so when there's greater smell, there's greater taste because smell is a big part of taste. Um, and there's just something comforting and lovely about uh, making a little bowl of soup for yourself, especially when it's this easy. So just take a piece of sausage. Um Chicken sausage is fine. Vegetarian sausage is fine. If you have something that's plant-based, chop it up into pieces and brown it in a small saucepan, a little small soup pan. Brown it. Make sure it gets nice and brown. And then throw in some chopped or torn, just small pieces of kale and some white beans. And you can just put in a can regular old can of white beans, whatever you have in the pantry or any other kind of bean to be honest, but I like white beans in this. And cover that with stock, chicken stock, vegetable stock, um, and cook until the kale is wilted and the soup is hot. And that's your soup. 
And if you want a little more flavor to it, obviously taste it. If you want to add salt and pepper, if you want to put in a little olive oil, or if you really love basil, throw in some basil, just whatever you like that you have in your pantry or your fridge, you can put it in there. And that just becomes like your specialty soup. And there's something really magical about eating a soup that you made in 10 minutes. I'm Mary Beth Albright. And until next week, let's remember that choosing what to eat is always a privilege. Bye for now.